everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy. I'm excited to have with me today, Dusty Hall. You may know him as Dusty Lost 300 Pounds on Instagram. He has a, a truly incredible story that I'm, I'm really excited to bring to you today. And with, with that, we're going to get right into it. Dusty, I'm glad to have you here today. Tell me, man, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Uh, Gormy, it is really, really awesome here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I think what qualifies me is about three years ago, I was 534 pounds. Uh, I was wearing a 7XL shirt, a 62 size uh, pants, and I was um, I was struggling. I was struggling. So, um, you know, three years ago, I was probably the highest weight that I've ever been. And I had a lot of, um, I guess, related issues with being overweight. Um, I had undiagnosed sleep apnea. Couldn't tie my shoes. Um, I couldn't walk more than 100 feet without having to stop and catch breath. My lower back would hurt me as well. Um, so I, hopefully I qualify for the Fat Guy Forum because I, I was definitely, I've been struggling with obesity my entire life since I was a kid. So Dusty, it definitely sounds like you, you reached a, you know, a pretty massive peak weight and we're living that very large life. Like, how did it all begin for you? You said you dealt with a weight problem your whole life. Like, when did this all start for you? Uh, for me, it started when I was born. I, I was born 12 pounds. Uh, I was actually born on Thanksgiving. So I do remember some of the nurses telling my mom that I looked like a butterball. So uh, I, I've been big my entire life. And uh, I've struggled with weights ever since I was a kid. And I had different things happen while I was a kid to kind of keep that uh, obesity a problem. I remember breaking my leg three times on the seg same leg over the span of two years. So I would just sit and have ice cream and have junk food. And I remember my grandma going to the ice cream truck every day and getting me a, um, a little strawberry shortcake ice cream. And then, of course, my grandma's Cuban, so I'm having Cuban food every night. So I, uh, I was around all the wrong situations to keep me uh, or have me in a position to lose weight. And so I, ever since I was born and ever since the beginning, I've, I've always struggled with weight. And when growing up as a kid, was that something that affected you in school, like in terms of friendships or bullying or anything along those lines? Or was it something that you really more took in stride as just a part of your life? Yeah, it was something I struggled with. I mean, it was what I was known for. In a sense, it was kind of my story. Hey, Dustin's the big guy. And I've always been known and have always been known as the big guy. And so, you know, one thing that I always remember is uh, back in, in grade school, they would have a, a classroom weigh-in where they would weigh everybody, tell everybody what their weight was. And it was that day that I remember so vividly because it was that day that someone mentioned in class, wow, you're the fattest kid in school. And so that was uh, just the beginning of, uh, of many little things that would stick out. Um, you know, when I would walk into a room, I would begin to learn that people are staring at me. And they're not staring at me because I'm wearing something funny, but they're staring at me because of my weight. And it was always, it, it was always kind of that, um, that thing that carried itself with me wherever I went. So I, it was almost like uh, obesity was like this separate uh, being that was just always with me. So when I walked into a room, I acknowledged that it was me there, but also my obesity was there too. So it, it's been there since day, day one. And there's been little um, moments through middle school, high school, and 
in elementary and preschool where, you know, a singular or, or you know, a couple different uh, actions happened where someone openly acknowledged that I was the fattest kid in school. And so that, that took a number. I mean, that essentially was embarrassing for me as a kid uh, trying to do normal things, but having it being pointed out that my story, that who I am is, is I'm the fat kid in school. And I and I it's it's funny. I haven't thought for a long time about those public weigh-ins and, and how that was. And I don't even know if they still do that now. I, I I'm betting they do, they don't really do something like that in schools now. But just that whole you're being weighed in front of the class and they're announcing your weight and it wow like I, the, there's some pretty there's sense. some intense not at all and there's some intense I think development that goes there and and I think like obviously you know knowing that you were the heaviest kid you know i i it was pointed out to me immediately by everyone that i was the heaviest kid in our school when that happened and you know you you got up to you know i've talked to some guys that get into the 300s and struggled with life there and but you you got over 500 pounds and that's something that you know resonated to me when i discovered your account like you would you would post a lot of you know post a lot of images of like sitting in chairs and what that was like and those experiences. And I think that's a, that's a commonality that we share when we, when we live life that large, how long were you up in that weight range? I was uh, above 500 pounds for, I would say more than six months. Um, so I had gained a good amount of weights. I would say um, six months to a year. Cause I would say the last year was where I was really starting to see some problems. Uh, I would have to, grasp for air in the middle of the night multiple times. Uh, I feel bad for my wife because she would have to wake me up multiple times in the middle of the night because she heard this this sound coming and it almost sounded like I was holding my breath and gently letting air out. And it was almost like this creepy, um, I forgot what the movie's called, but she's got like this long black hair and she does this like, uh, like the ring or something like that. I would sound just like that in the middle of the night and you would hear this weird sound and it was just simply me taking in breath and slowly letting it out it, it was my body screaming that hey uh you're close to dying here you're you're in real big trouble so you know about six months to a year that's where the the real that's what got me to my breaking point that's what got me and it, things should have you know tons of people have said well didn't you know you were overweight at 300 and 400 pounds yeah i i did but the end of the day for me, food was an addiction. And that last six months to a year that I got to my top weight, it wasn't like I was challenging myself to, um, you know, be bigger. I just, it was an addiction and I didn't know how to break it. And that was going to be, that was really going to be my next question. Like, what was your relationship like with food? Like where, cause some people talk about being just like unconscious eaters. And some of us really kind of identify with that idea of food addiction being a part of our lives. Like, so you, you you feel like you know you you had developed a real food addiction. Oh yeah, I uh, I think it was definitely an addiction, and I I dealt with stress and I dealt with emotions with food. So food was my outlet. Food was my um, source to go to because uh, you need food to eat, but the substance and how much is is really only limited to you. So I would um, use food as a um, I'm trying to think of the word, but I, I would use it almost as my, my source of relief for whatever I was going through. So a really tough time for myself was uh, working this job that I just absolutely did not like. I had a, a boss at the time that was 
uh, lack of better words, terrible. And um, so there was a lot of stress at the job. There was a lot of pressure. And so I remember getting off work from that job, going to Taco Bell um, or going to fast food restaurants, loading up on, uh, I think it was two chalupas, uh, a, a Nacho Bell's Grande, two bean burritos and a, a Doritos taco. And then I would get one of those little freezes. And so I would have that on the way home. And then when I got home, I would snack until dinner was ready. So I, I did some calculations recently. I think before 9 a.m. on a typical day, I would have 4,000 calories uh, because of my, my eating regimen, because of me using food as a stress reliever, as kind of a, an outlet for me. So, and then emotions and, and the, the changes and the things that happen in life, uh, oftentimes just sitting and eating um, provided support provided, you know, I can feel good by eating something that tastes good. And if I can feel good with food, then I can, uh, not feel anything else, but good because the food at the end of the day was good. So, uh, yeah, food was definitely a, um, an outlet for me, uh, probably my, my biggest outlet and the reason why I got you know, to 534 pounds. And now before you got to your heaviest weight, had dieting been a part of your life? Had you tried things? Like, what was what was that experience like for you? Like, was it something that you just always kind of had at the back of your head and never really struck out strongly in? Or had you had some success and then, you know, gone back and back and forth? Were you an up and downer, like yo-yo dieter, I guess yeah. people would say? The yo-yo diet was probably the definition on why I got to my highest weight because I had done, you know, the drops underneath the tongue for 500 calories a day. Uh, I had tried the bars, the shakes. Uh, I had done um, the vegan diet, Weight Watchers, Slim Fast, um, online diets, detox teas, uh, lose 20 pounds in 10 days, water pills, juicing. I mean, if there was a diet, I tried it. So you, like a lot of us, and I know I, I'm relating a lot as you start to go down this list of all the different diets that you tried, like you you it's it's funny sometimes i think like it's almost like we build these resumes of our experiences and there's yeah. different 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 touchstones that we can relate to like at your at your heaviest you you had a lot you, there were a lot of things you had to think about when you're that size like a lot of the challenges like i wonder if you can tell people about a lot of the things that stand out to you or you don't have to, a lot but some of the things that stand out to you about what are the adaptations you have to make in your life when you're over 500 pounds yeah, so everything has to be uh, almost pre-thought or you have to think about stuff ahead of time. So if I'm going to go sit on a chair, you know, can that chair withstand somebody that is 500 pounds? If I'm getting on a lift, if I'm getting on something, could that, I would almost think of myself as two people. Well, if two people were 250 pounds, could two people stand on this? And so I had to think of myself as, as two different people or two people in order to, um, you know, think about fitting on something or having the potential of doing anything. I, I know that anything adventurous, anything like kayaking, anything of like wakeboarding, anything like that was completely out of the question. And anytime somebody wanted to go on something fun or an adventure, I was always the person that couldn't participate just because of my weight. Um, I remember actually going to a camp right before and there was a kayak and I looked in the kayak and it was a weight capacity of 600 pounds. And it was a three-person uh, little canoe kayak. And so I remember being joyous because I, being you know over 500 pounds, could fit in the kayak that was meant for three people. 
And I don't know what my thought was in getting in a kayak and thinking it would be easier to get out later because it was very difficult and I got wet. But um, thinking thinking ahead of time, you know, if there was a larger hill or if there was a hill that was up a little bit, I would have to pre-look at if there was somewhere to sit down. I mean, I, I would struggle many times where my lower back would hurt me so much that after about 100 yards, 100 feet, I would have to sit down, catch my breath, and just kind of get that second wind. You know, we always talk about the second wind when we're in the gym or when we're working or working out or something like that. Um, I needed a second wind just to walk. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the places that I'm planning on going to, uh, is Pacifica. And that's a big spot for me because there's a rock between the parking lot and the beach and that rocks about a hundred yards. And I remember that rock iconically because I had to sit down on it, um, because I, I just, I couldn't walk anymore. My lower back would, would hurt so much. So a lot of pre-thinking, a lot of, um, and a lot of thinking about what other people are thinking about me. I cared so much about other people's thoughts towards me that I um, I did anything that I could to deflect away from them having a moment to think about how big I was. Um, so I, and I, it's something that I've uh, grown and, and something that I've kind of discovered about myself that humor isn't bad. Uh, I like to be funny on my Instagram. I like to joke with me and my wife, but I did use a lot of humor as a deflection for uh, someone potentially paying attention to my weights that instead of, oh, that's a big guy. It's, oh, he's funny. Oh, he's funny. Oh, he's funny. And, and I think I've since day one been the, oh, he's funny because I've always tried to cause a deflection away from my weight. And so that's another pre-thought, you know, what can I do to make this person laugh so they don't think that I'm the big guy or, oh, he's fat. And, and so it's a, it's very time-consuming and, and work-heavy, and it's exhausting, to be honest. It's absolutely exhausting. Oh, and, and you're it's funny because you're hitting on something that I have tried to communicate to people several times, and it's as, as much as the physical weight uh, affects our bodies, the mental weight of it all is exhausting, and it takes up so much space in your head. It takes up so much space in your head that no matter what you do, you know, there's no, there, there's no taking that away and there's no silencing it. There's no going on those, you know, experiences. I remember being near 500 pounds and my work wanting to do a team build, like basically the whole department, you know, at the college I was working at wanting to do this team building experience of going whitewater rafting. And I was terrified because I wasn't necessarily terrified about the raft holding me because I knew, you know, it's, going to have like 20 people on it, like the raft can hold me. But all I thought was like, so what happens if I have to get out of that raft? Because everyone kept talking about, you know, oh, there's points where it slows down and you can get out and you can tube and you can swim and it's fun. And I was like, how on earth do I pull myself back into this raft? And so that my goal for that day was, you know, no matter what you do, hold on tight so you don't end up out of that raft. And at one point I fell out of the raft and it took like four people to get me back in. And, you know, we had to wait and literally we had to wait until like the water was calmer for people to be able to help. So I was literally holding on as we were being dragged through this more kind of fast part of the, of the rapids, you know, nothing dangerous, but it was embarrassing because there was just no way I could get myself back in. And we you have those moments and even to the people there, as much as there probably are some people there who are like, oh, wow, like this is, you know, this guy's in worse shape than I thought. 
they're not necessarily allowing it that experience to live in their head. But for me, the rest of the day, all I could think about is that that happened. And yeah, it's uh, it's what controlled me so much. Uh, everything that I did. Completely. And it, and it, it, it I also like it, it, it resonates to me with that touchstone you had of literally the stone, you know, knowing that that was that place for you. Like, you know, that was that rest spot, you know, and you'll know you can go back now and not need it. So I think that'll be pretty epic. But you through this combination of life experiences, like you said, you hit 534 pounds. And this was this was about three years ago. And you decided to make a change. And, and what was how did you come to the decision you made in terms of the tool that you chose to use? And what were the, what were the events that led up to that happening? Yeah. So I, uh, I had been visiting my doctor because of the issues that I was having. And I, uh, it was recommended by my doctor, um, to have, uh, the gastric bypass surgery. Uh, it was something that I was very timid about and, and I, I wasn't really all for in the beginning because of the surgery. Um, and he wanted to put me on a couple different programs. Uh, he did actually put me on a couple different programs and it was again, me battling or dealing with the food addiction and, uh, coming to terms that I, I've got a real problem. So I, I had, um, about six to seven months of, uh, documented, uh, visits with my doctor, talking about my process, talking about my journey. And one of the, the items that, um, really stuck, stuck itself out to me is, if you are going to take this step and you're going to have surgery, um, there's no going back. You, you can't use this as a quick fix. You can't use this as a, uh, all oh, this is going to fix everything. Like if, if you're going to make this decision, uh, it's going to have to be, uh, you're going to have to take it serious. And there were a couple of different medical issues that I was dealing with. I was having some liver problems and some other items that, uh, when the doctor recommended, he said, you know, initially you're going to be able to drop weight initially uh, pretty quickly because of the surgery. But if you don't get the diet or exercise in line, it, it, you're going to lose a little and then just gain it right back. So uh, I, I did it with uh, hesitation. And, and one thing I, I will say, because Gourmet, it's Gourmet Goes Keto, uh, for anybody who ever hears uh, this podcast, I did not start uh, my journey on keto. Uh, it hasn't stopped the 400,000 keto pages from sharing my photo. I, I don't know where they got that authorization or what, but a day I'll get four to five new postings. And I started messaging, hey, I, I never did keto. I'll answer people in those forums. Hey, I'm, I, I haven't done keto. I, I mimic the ketogenic diet. I've probably been in ketosis this whole time, but I don't measure. So I can't say, hey, I'm keto because I'm not really measuring. So I, I'm, I'm eating just as a keto is, but I did not start my journey as keto. I, I've used the principles of the ketogenic diet to help me and assist me, but I did start my journey with the weight loss surgery. Um, but with that weight loss surgery, I knew, and I remember t telling my wife, I said, honey, if I'm, if I'm going through with this and I'm taking this step, I'm going to guarantee you and I'm going to promise you that I'm going to take this serious and I'm going to do everything. And I, I think it was one of the last statements before I, I had it was, watch, just, just watch me. I, I'm going to turn this around. And, um, I learned very quickly that uh, uh, turning it around was uh, something I had to do. I, I dealt with a lot of initial issues. Uh, I, I had, you know, physical issues come up like gout, uh, but I also had a lot of mental health issues because, again, it's it's an abrupt change, um, and this abrupt change doesn't deal with like the surgery or the tool that I'm using. It doesn't address the food addiction. 
It doesn't make me uh, go on a diet or make me exercise. It just provides me a tool. So coming to terms with my food addiction and utilizing this tool is is kind of where it started for me. And um, you know, diet and exercise wise, I my exercise journey started very small, very gradual, nothing extreme, um, because I, I wanted to learn from my prior failed attempts. I talked about earlier the failed diet attempts. I had done so many extreme diets that if this was going to work, I had to take it slow. So, you know, just starting by walking, not going into a gym right away, um, breaking up my gym days when I finally got in the gym, not going three days in a row, not to stress myself out. And, you know, with the diet, uh, keeping it high protein, low carb. I mean, mimicking pretty much the ketogenic diet because it was um, just starting to kind of get popular. A lot of people were hearing more about it around that time. So I saw a lot of folks with success on it. So I said, well, let me just mimic it. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to measure or, or know how to measure, but I'm going to stick to it. And, um, you know, three days later, it's just simply me day in, day out, just doing what I'm supposed to be doing and, and finding a good appropriate balance to all that. And I, I think one of the things you said at the start there was, you know, taking it seriously. And, and I think anyone who goes to your account, and I'm hoping that everyone listening to this will go to your account, uh, they're going to see that, you know, you take what you do, you know, pretty, you take it very seriously because you know that what you did, that tool you used saved your life. And you know, it. I, I see you as someone like I don't I don't ever see you making any posts about where you're anything you're doing, you're taking for granted. And I think that that's pretty amazing, man, like to see the mental fortitude I know that it takes, because I think there are some people. And that's the thing is, it's funny, because when I do an episode where I talk to someone that's had gastric bypass or weight loss surgery, you know, I get I'm going to get some DMs from people that are going to say, well, that person did, took the easy way out or that person didn't do X, Y and Z. And, and I really am honestly like, really, you think you think someone making the decision to to have a surgery, you know, thought they were doing something easy. Like, I, I don't I think maybe are there some people that end up abusing the tool? Yes, because there are people that abuse keto and abuse every diet that's out there. Like, but I think like what you're saying, you know, really should resonate with people. And that's that, you know, you were going to use the tool and the opportunity that it gave you. But it's not like they also did surgery on your brain and they cut out, you know, the part of your brain that has issues with food, that they cut out the emotions that come with it all and the tools that you had built up to deal with the emotions that come through it. So I, I'm just really something I, I'm really curious about that I, I don't think I've really dove into with anyone that's had the surgery is, is specifically someone who's talked about having a food addiction. What was it like to have what was it like emotionally to have that abrupt change happen where whether you wanted to or not, you know, mentally, your relationship with food was changed the moment you woke up after that surgery. It had to change. Like, what, what, was, what, was, it like, what was it like to go through that? I, I felt like it was almost, there were times where I actually felt sitting to myself and thinking, I'm, I'm mourning. Like, I'm almost mourning the old me. I'm mourning my ability now to use as a crutch or as something that I can use as a resource for relief or um, using food for joy. Uh, I, I had to go through a lot of uh, really tough times. Uh, I remember breaking down and that's one of the amazing things about my wife and having someone right there with me to support me is that I had many times where I broke down where, um, you know, that it's that person that I think about those famous movies where that person has a big breakdown and all of a sudden they uh, turn it around and, and are able to get things together. It, it, really looked like that for me. I had 
multiple breakdowns emotionally, you know, crying and, and having to leave the room emotionally because I was mourning my ability to use food as a crutch or food as an addiction. And, um, you know, looking out on this side of things, if, you know, seeing someone like your story and um, how you've been able to drop so much weight and turn things around with keto on this side of things, I, I wish I would have done it that way. And I, uh, I think about the surgery. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the tool. It's been fantastic for me. It's been great. But on this side, with a lot more mental clarity, um, I don't know if I would have gone through that decision if I knew I could have made it through. But we have to think, I'm 534 pounds. I can't breathe. I can't tie my shoes without sweating and, and, and like having to use a special assistance tool to tie my shoes. I mean, there's an overwhelming darkness. There's, there's an impossible like feeling uh, covering over your mind where you think nothing will work, nothing's going to happen. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. And it's partly why I think a lot of the, the diet fads and the diet crazes get people so much into their weight loss products is because there's this men mental blockage of thinking it's absolutely impossible. And because of the impossibility, we want to go for the quick fixes. So for me, it, it felt like, man, this is all I got. This is all I could do. Uh, I, I, couldn't see myself now three years later with all the stuff that I've been able to battle through, um, you know, maybe thinking about making a different decision. But but in that moment, in that darkness, that overwhelming, impossible feeling of not being able to lose weight, uh, using that tool was fantastic. But again, the, it couldn't uh, address my food addiction in, in the first couple months, even into the first year, year and a half, and, and maybe even continuing today battling the mental relationship with food is is the biggest battle of all but in my opinion the battle mentally is bigger than anything physically because you can go on any kind of diet for three weeks and drop some weight but mentally if you're not prepared and you're not in a headspace to lose that weight well your mind is just going to get your old body back like it's, it's used to like my mind was used to 500 pounds and all of a sudden I'm dropping weight, dropping weight. Well, my mind is still 500 pounds. So I'm going to find a way to get the 500 pound me back. And so I, I really had to deal with and come to terms with that. I, I share a lot on Instagram. I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I try to be as tra transparent as possible. Uh, I, I try to just share what's really happened to me uh, and not fabricate or, or blow anything up. I, I'm just sharing that, hey, 32 years of my life, I've been obese and I've been overweight. And here's what I've learned along the way. And this is what I'm still learning. And, and part of that was dealing a lot of that with my support group, my wife and, and my, my sister-in-law, you know, talking stuff out, but also going to the gym. And when I'm frustrated, when I want to have an outlet, uh, go lift heavy weights. Uh, you know, when I want to go dive into this or dive into that, go for a walk, take a breather, um, finding a way to handle and deal with stress and emotions in a, a way that's going to help me and not hurt me. And that was the big thing. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, Jesse. I'm curious on your perspective. So say there's someone listening to this today, that's 500 pounds. They're thinking about having the surgery done. What do you think are the questions that they need to be asking themselves and, you know, asking their doctor? Like, and obviously you're not a medical professional. I'm not asking you to give anyone medical advice, but I'm just thinking from your experience, having come through this, what are, what are the big things that a person should be thinking about uh, in terms of what they need to do to approach this successfully? 
Yeah, I think a, a good thing to ask is, um, are you okay with what life looks like after the surgery to be for the rest of your life? Meaning it's not cut out this or cut out this for six months. There are, there are things that you're going to have to cut out for the rest of your life and never go back on. And so are you okay with the long term? Uh, have you had a history of kind of short term extreme diets? And what's going to be the difference between this short term or those short term extreme diets before and the surgery? Because the, the surgery, again, it doesn't deal with food addiction. It doesn't, uh, you know, write you a, a diet plan or an exercise plan. You've got to do that all on your own. You've got to figure that out with using the weight loss surgery as a tool. And so if all the failed attempts before didn't work, what's the difference now? Because the surgery, I mean, the, there are plenty of stories where people have lost a little bit of weight, gained it all back. Um, lost a little bit of weight, gained a little bit back. I mean, there's a lot of stories where folks have gone through that cycle of, of gaining it back. And so what's what's the difference now? What will be the difference now? Um, I think the next thing is it is the last resort. It is the last option. It is the last all, be all, into all decision that you should make to have surgery. Um, there are plenty of examples of folks doing it away from surgery, um, you know, like getting on the ketogenic diet, going a carnivore diet. I've heard it's done great things. The whole 30, there's been a lot of great examples of folks doing it without the weight loss surgery. And have you explored that? Have you talked to your doctor about going down those routes? And, uh, have you uh, been able to reach out to enough individuals in your personal circle for support? Or have you looked, uh, online for ways that you could potentially conquer it? And, and I think a lot of it has to do with and I just recently put up a video about this, that there's almost a culture that we surround ourselves with of instant, fast, quick, uh, this, now, this, now. And the weight loss journey, the health journey, has nothing to do with quick, instant, uh, fast, right now, right now. Uh, all of it has to do with the long game, you know, long term. Uh, can you do this diet for the rest of your life? Can you incorporate these healthy habits for the rest of your life? Um, thinking of it as I want to be this weight or I want to get to this certain weight and be that same weight. Because, you know, once you get to the weight, if you don't have the mental fortitude, if you don't have the mental strength, then you're going to step off of it because you didn't learn the principles along the way to maintain it. And, and that's probably something I'm really learning right now is, yes, it's difficult to lose the weight, but the maintenance, and I think you just recently stepped into maintenance um, that, from what you were mentioning, the maintenance side is just as difficult because now you are at your lowest weight. Well, all you can go is up and uh, all you can go is up is surrounding you every single day. Hey, I got to this weight or I got to this point. I can incorporate this or I can do this and I can do that. And that's where the stuff starts creeping in. And, and that's where the long-term mental kind of battle takes place that I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life. So how do I incorporate a proper balance with stuff that keeps me on a good balance plan, but also allows me to enjoy things. I, I'm, I'm a, you probably heard me mention it. Uh, I like mangoes. I'm a big fan of mangoes. Mm, oh yeah. Oh yeah. High in sugar, high in carbs, uh, all that stuff. But I love mangoes and I incorporate those probably more times than I should, but I haven't seen an increase in my weight. I've, I've maintained, I've been able to tighten up with body fat percentage with incorporating that, uh, into my balanced diet of, you know, proper restriction, proper balance, proper yes and no's, and then incorporating things that I enjoy so that I'm not treating a diet or treating a lifestyle like torture, um, but I'm treating it more of, well, I can have this because it's part of my balance. It's part of what keeps me 
uh, on this on the straight and forward. And that's what's kind of really helped me mentally to embrace this for the long term and that it's not it's not a quick fix. I I think that's that's a point that people miss. Like they they just miss this idea that you can you you can lose a certain amount. You can be in a dieting mode. You can be in a losing weight mode. But even when you move out of that mode and you move into maintenance or you move into you want to focus on strength building or you 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 turn you move to different goals, your the intensity of of the life and approach you have to give to it. You can't let up. You can't really let off the gas because. I know for me, like you mentioned, I, I, I've, I've switched into maintenance. Like I, I see what you're talking about popping up for me now. Like those those mind games start to come back. Not the same mind games when I was losing weight, but now it's more. Well, you know, you did this already. So could you start incorporating X, Y, and Z now? Could you start doing this now? Can you just jump right back into X? Can you just go right back to this? Like you're done. Jump right back into it. And those are those traps. Like I, I think it's it resonates well with something you said earlier about you know, your mind, there's a part of us, you know, as much as, as we did not enjoy being as heavy as we were, that became our normal. So there's a part of us that still will want to go back to that normal, like re-embrace that normal and, and trying to find our way out of that and navigate that is a lifelong journey. It's really a lifelong journey. Something else you hit on that I think is really important for people that I think sometimes gets overlooked is this idea of like, what's going on? you know, in the circle of people in your life, your, your friends, your family, your spouse, you know, I, I know you've been, you've been married to your wife for seven years now. Is that right? Yes. Yes. We've been married for seven years. Yes. Seven years. So, so how, what was it like when you started talking to your wife and your family about surgery and that you were going to be having this done? Like, how did they react? Uh, they were initially very uh, timid uh, because of, of course, the, the option of surgery. Um, my wife had seen me struggle though firsthand with breathing and, and gasping for air in the middle of the night, having many scares, um, you know, dealing with the, the issues of, uh, I just, I had some, uh, a lot of embarrassing, uh, situations happen while I was in public, you know, using restrooms and doing this and doing that, just doing basic things. A, a normal person does every single day. I just couldn't do. So she saw this firsthand, my support group and the great people around me saw this firsthand. And the one thing that I liked is that I had to document my process uh, for six months uh, leading up to the surgery. So it, it gave me some time to, you know, try and, and see if I could do something, uh, try and fail, try and fail. My, my multiple failures were probably even more highlighted because, you know, for me, I'm having surgery. This is, gonna, this is surgery. This is serious. This isn't just, you know, something small. You know, am, am I that weak? Am I that... Um, week of a person that I can't just go on a diet and, and just be patient with it. And I, the food addiction was, was blinding. It was numbing. It was blurry. It, it, it was a whole lot of whole lot. And um, so when I finally got to that point of making that decision, my, my family was behind me. They were supportive. They were very concerned and very worried. Uh, I remember on this side, after I lost a little bit of weight, my, my wife mentioned to me a couple times that I was very scared for you for you know, a couple different times. There, there were a couple different times that I, I just, I was afraid for your life. I, I was absolutely afraid for your life. So um, the, the support was there. The support came and um, uh, she was, uh, she helped see me go in and she was the, um, actually she was the face. She was the face of relief when I got out of surgery. Like I knew I was going to be okay when I saw her face coming out um, because it was very, I, I had a, 
man, I had a traumatic experience uh, because I woke up from it. Um, I remember waking up from it and it was yellow, yellow, dingy tile all around me. And it looked like, if you've ever seen the movie Saw, it looked like the movie Saw straight up. And I was um, waking up, yellow, dingy tile. There were four or five people next to me going absolutely like b- bananas with pain, like moaning and, and going back and forth. So I'm waking up to people moaning, groaning, turning here and there, yellow, dingy tile, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. <laughs> so I remember my wife was one of the, uh, the supporting faces that once I got out was like, okay, I'm going to be all right. But it was, uh, it was some, some hesitation, some worry, some concern because it was surgery. But ultimately, they supported it um, and did enough research, went to all the appointments, heard all the pros, heard all the cons, because there are pros and cons uh, with it. So uh, weighing those out and, and making the decision to, to have it. So definitely big support, and I'm grateful for that. That that that's really good to hear, man. Obviously, I think that's fantastic. And I'm curious, like, so your wife, you you were together when you were getting bigger. Like, were you very large when you met? Like, what has your weight had an impact on your relationship at all, or was it something that you know just was there? Yeah, yeah. We uh we've been dealing with uh, we've been dealing with the weight issue uh, since we got married. I actually came off of a, a diet when I first, um, cause I was living on the East coast, uh, we had Skyped back and forth. And I, I remember talking to her actually coming to visit and, um, I came to visit coming off of a diet. So I felt really good. I, I felt the thinnest I'd ever been. It was great. It was this, it was that. And I ended up moving like three weeks later. Um, cause you find a, you find a good woman, you, you gotta, you gotta drop everything and go. So I, I ended up moving here. Well, a part of that was then now starting the weight gain again, starting the another failed attempt where I did something really quick, did something really drastic, and I started slowly creeping itself back up. And then together we went on a diet, lost a little bit of weight, crept back up. And, you know, one of the things that when we first got married was uh, we would absolutely love, and because we're married and it's like, well, uh, we can, we're, we're happy, we, we can... Um, sleep in the same house, sleep in the same bed. I mean, we're, this is great. So we, uh, we ended up grabbing two little Caesars pizzas and three, two liters and then breadsticks. And we would just sit and net, it wouldn't be Netflix and chill. It would be Netflix and eat and Netflix and eat more. And so we gained weight together. We, uh, went on the road of, um, treating food as kind of like, a, oh yes, you want to go here and get this and get this. And, and do this and do that. And it became a, uh, a real bonding moment in an unhealthy way. And we dealt with that for you know, the entire time of me dealing with uh, weight gain, weight loss, weight gain, weight loss. And we had gone on that journey together and it was, um, it provided hardships because they're and 500 pounds. Physically, you're not able to do as much. So I'd get tired quicker. Uh, I, I, would be laying in bed most of the time, not be really active. If there was stuff couple wise that we wanted to do, I couldn't really do. It, it affected our relationship because there was just stuff I couldn't do. And she had to be patient with me in the middle of that. And now that Netflix and eat is gone. What is, what is your relationship becoming now that, you know, your, the, your weight has changed so drastically. It's, you know, I, 
I can only imagine, you know, the things you can do together have really changed. Yeah, so the drastic uh, change has happened, especially in our relationship, in our marriage. We uh, just this morning, we were pretty shocked because we got up real early to go to the gym. And my wife, uh, who had uh, been struggling with weight as well, she's recently lost a good amount of weight. And, and one thing that she's been dealing with is hormonal issues with PCOS and infertility, but also having some issues with migraines. Um, as a kid, she probably had four to five migraines a week, uh, and she's had it ever since she was a child. So she's had a lot of debilitating issues. She's had a lot of injuries that have kept her restricted and uh, haven't been able to, like she was doing a really great job and getting on a, um, a healthy plan, doing great. And then she hurt herself, got injured and pretty much couldn't be that mobile at all. So um, now it's different to where usually every Saturday she would have a migraine. I would wait until about 10, 1030 until the migraine passed. And then we would start our day. Well, now she's waking up with me at 6.30 in the morning to head over to the gym. Uh, we do a uh, high-intensity interval training station workout. Uh, she goes, does her Stairmaster and treadmill. I go do my strength training and other stuff. And so our life now revolves around taking care of ourselves. So we have, um, you know, we go live on Instagram sometimes cooking low-carb, uh, high-protein treats like Cheez-Its or egg muffins or protein muffins. And uh, we're adventurous. Uh, we go... Um, man, it, when we went to Mexico this past July, it, it was the best vacation that I've ever been on in my life because everything that uh, she could do, I could now do. And everything that I can do, she can do. And so we now got to ride four wheelers, go on, go parasailing, um, go that mobile surfing thing. I was able to do that. I, it was just living as life intended. And our marriage got so um, we, we bonded so much more because we could do so much more together. And there's only so much you could do. To, I mean, together lying around the house. I mean, Hey honey, how are you? Netflix again? Hey, how are you? I want to watch this movie. Wanna... I mean, having a very immobile life, you can only do so much. Well, now we're getting up and getting out there. Hey, do you want to go to uh, Pacifica? Let's go for a hike. Yeah, let's go. It's like, okay, let's go. So We've bonded a lot more, especially because of our ability to do more and to see more. And her weight loss in the past, say, 12 months and my weight loss in the past three years has changed us from being that stagnant couple of just letting life, letting things control us to taking control and having fun where fun is allowed to be had and, and getting after life and all that's provided from hikes and walks to gym sessions to Instagram live videos, you know, whatever it calls for, we're, we're in for it. That's really, I, I love hearing that, man. Like, I, I, I think one, one of the things I think people who haven't been that heavy don't realize is once you can start to do all those normal things again, because I think there's probably someone listening that's hearing you list these things and they're thinking, well, I can, do, I can do that with my wife. We just don't do that. You know, I can do that. We just don't do that. Or we do that. That's not that exciting. The, the joy you have when you start to discover all of these new things and the things that you couldn't do before and you weren't even sure you were missing, the things you didn't know you were missing, I think is, is really exciting. So what else is, what, else is ex what else is changing in your life now? What's, what's different for you 300 pounds lighter? Ooh, um, I think changes, uh, I think work's changed. I work full time for an insurance company, um, so I'm an appraiser for them. And my job's actually changed because I can actually do the job that's 
asked of me and, and I'm grateful for the company that I'm at because they've been very flexible with my limitations. But a lot of my uh, job sometimes in the field requires me to get physical and I'm able to do my job a lot better. Um, a lot of stuff that is happening um, can't really be seen because a lot of it's mental, how I process. You know, I think earlier we talked about when I walk into a room, I'm immediately thinking about what other people think, how I get through this situation, how do I deflect and do this and do that. Uh, It's almost like there's a peace and there's a calm and there's a organization. There's, there's a, I don't know, it it just kind of feels like I want to take a big sign of relief or a big breath of like, like it's it's a weight off. I mean, literally, it's a weight off, but it's a weight off mentally. Like I have less control. I, I have less things controlling me and controlling my narrative and controlling my situation. And it's more me in control. When I walk into a room, I'm not thinking, oh, does that person think I'm big? Uh, in, in a sense, I'm kind of glad that I've disappeared. Like it was kind of a weird situation when I went to Disneyland that I had a moment where I felt while I was walking into a room that people just disregarded me and looked right past me. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it because I wasn't the outlier in the room. When someone walks in the room, I wasn't the one catching their attention because of my size. I was now just another face in the room. And I've actually wanted that my entire life to, and not to be like super introverted or to like avoid people, but I didn't want the attention when I walk into a room. I, I I don't want everyone looking at me because of my weight. So the fact that I walk into a room and no one looks at me, it just it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. So a lot of the changes now are mentally, and I try to describe and, and put that on display on, as much as possible on social media to kind of show the the mental barriers that have been released. But um, for me, it's it's really discovering what I can do physically. I, I, I don't know what's next for me uh, as far as a physical feat. I, I'd like to maybe do a marathon, maybe do a, a 10K, do a Spartan race, um, do something physically challenging, um, something that kind of shows, hey, this is where I was and, and this is what I've been able to accomplish. Because I think that one of the one of the great messages that I'm really happy that has been conveyed on my Instagram is that it is possible and it, it is, um, there is a way to get through, um, the darkness and the overwhelming feeling and surgery or not there, it, it is possible. And I I've been so relieved and so elated that people see that, that it is possible. So now I'm on this kind of kick of what else can I do to show it's even more possible. So, Dusty, it sounds like there's been a, lo- a lot of changes to your day-to-day life, like some really amazing things happening for you. And one of the things that I think people should hear about is, like, you've, you've started to really create this presence for yourself on Instagram, you know, that really showcases, like you've said, you know, your honest approach to what you're doing, how you approach every day, what the gym is like for you. So can you tell us a little about what your life is like now as far as, like, especially i don't even know if that's a word especially what your your what you're eating and and your your gym routines are like and what what your just approach to life in general is because you're you're at a point now like you you where you're maintaining your weight and you're looking forward to moving to you know possibly having skin removal surgery eventually so so what are things like for you now in those areas 
Yeah, so I've tried to develop a routine. I'm, I'm, I'm a creature of habit, so I really like doing the same thing. It, it just provides a, a level of comfort for me so I can kind of know what to expect. And so my routine um, now I've uh, focused on still a, a high uh, protein, low carb diet. I eat a lot of the same things. So a lot of what I have during the day is typically the same. I've, you know, in the mornings, it, it looks a lot like, you know, eggs and, and sausage. And it looks a lot like, um, uh, goodness, the, the breakfast sandwiches, say from like real good, they have little breakfast sandwiches. So something that's high in protein, low in carb, um, usually for breakfast. And then I'll have um, some different protein bars that are out there. And uh, one of my big kind of easy go snacks is uh snacks are pork rinds uh spring cheese and almonds uh those are great for my like in between snacks or in between um you know meals and stuff like that and a lot of it has to do with meat uh, you know getting um chicken in bulk or turkey in bulk or, or deli slices in bulk and splitting those up with say cheese and, and different stuff like that so a lot of my diet looks a lot uh like um uh, high protein or, or a lot like the ketogenic diet. I, I do reference a lot of what the, the ketogenic diet can and cannot have as far as a way for me to kind of stay within what my goals are in, you know, keeping my body fat percentage low. And I do incorporate some uh, carbs just to kind of allow myself to go to the gym and build. I um, have been kind of doing this since day one on my own. I haven't really had a personal trainer or a health coach. So a lot of stuff that I share is what I've personally experienced, but you know, I'm not a medical professional, so I don't know a hundred percent. I try to gather as much information as I can. Uh, but in the morning, uh, typically every morning I'm waking up at uh, the same time, uh, heading out to the gym. It's, it's kind of a typical process of setting my clothes out the night before. Uh, I'm going currently six days a week to the gym and I typically put two muscle groups together, uh, each day and then dedicate one day, um, to legs. So I'm usually doing, say, shoulders and arms, then the next day uh, back and uh, chest and then legs and then go into that rotation again and again. And I'll typically go on rotations every six weeks um, because I've noticed uh, in the time that I've been doing this that my body kind of gets acclimated to what my current training program is about every six weeks. So what I'll typically do is start with, say, high interval intensity training. A lot of folks on Instagram see my workout of the day. That's typically where that comes from. And then I'll go into strength training and then finish with cardio. And then typically what I'll do is switch it up and do cardio first and strength training and then uh, interval training at the end. And, and so every six weeks, I'm kind of mixing stuff up and, and trying to keep it different and fresh and um, trying to set new goals and, and what I can do. And then um, I'll go on cardio weeks where I'll just do cardio for a straight week to kind of bring up, bring a different kind of style to things. Because going six days a week, I'm, I'm going to be there a lot. And I'm really only going to have Sundays off. So um, keeping my diet now um, in that kind of uh, high protein, low carb, kind of installing a lot of the stuff that I learned along the way as far as the protein bars that have a higher, uh, you know, a protein amount um, that have a lower sugar and a lower carb content. Those um, protein bars that have high sugar and, you know, not using those as, hey, hey, I can now have those. It's, well, I've enjoyed what I've had up till now, and it's gotten me to where I am. So I love that saying, go with what works and stick with it. For me, this is what's worked for me the past, you know, three years, the, the diet and the exercise program that I've been on, and I'm just sticking with it. I, I don't see a reason to change. I, I think if I could afford it and I could kind of finagle it, it would be cool to try like a CrossFit. I, 
I see a lot of great people like uh, I know you had uh, Obese to Beast on and he's part of a, a CrossFit gym. So was Boro and a couple others that are a part of kind of this group training program where they kind of set your program up for you. If I had something like that locally that I could afford, I, I wonder if I could start trying that and, and seeing what that would look like. Um, but right now it's just uh, day in and day out, six days a week, getting out to the gym for about an hour, hour and a half before work. Um, I've got my, you know, nine to five and incorporating um, as much as I can uh, during my nine to five, as far as um, talking to people, you know, when the DMs come through, if I have a break from work, I'll try to jump on Instagram and try to uh, comment and, and DM folks back, uh, answer any questions and stuff like that. But then after work, it's a lot of meal prepping. Uh, my wife is fantastic for meal prepping and I'm terrible at it, but I learned from her and I learned how to set stuff aside and prepare meals for the rest of the week because of how diligent she is with meal prepping. So a lot of pre-cooking, uh, a lot of stuff. And when I go live on Instagram, when I'm cooking these things, it's good that I'm doing it because it's actually putting me in a position where I have to make this, these items for the rest of the week. So um, a lot of it is, you know, meal prepping. Uh, if I'm concerned with maybe an uptick in my weight, maybe starting to track my food for about a week or two uh, to kind of see where maybe any hidden stuff is coming in if I'm trying new foods. Um, but it, it's really just kind of going with what's worked the past three years and just sticking at it uh, because I, I don't want to veer off to the excuse zone and start letting stuff in or start I guess, eating or trying stuff that I haven't, uh, because if I've done this and it's worked and it's got me here, I don't want to sabotage that by, by doing anything else. I, I think that your that consistent approach that you have is just really impressive to me, man. Like, I, I, I believe that, like, I've seen people kind of stumble their way through a weight loss journey, you know, where... They, they kind of flip from rock to rock and, and find their way somehow. And I, I feel like as much as you've done, you know, kind of testing for yourself to find what works, like you've really kind of had your, you've wrapped your head around what you need to do. You approach the surgery from the right perspective. You approach the journey afterwards from the right perspective. And you're seeing some really incredible success that I think is inspiring to anyone that, that checks you out and really should be following you on a daily basis to see what's coming next. And I, I appreciate you know, the different, because even there, I mean, even though sometimes, you know, you're sharing products that aren't necessarily something that I'm going to use, I always find something interesting in what you're talking about and how, you know, kind of giving me that, that lowdown on how, you, how something affects you or how you're using a different item or how something is really kind of supporting that journey of yours. Like, I, I really appreciate that uh, from the experience that I'm getting from your account, man. So I just really, I really want to say that. Yeah, there's some things that I talk about. Yeah, there's some things that I talk about that uh, like a lot of folks like, well, how did your because the appearance of my excess skin doesn't really come across uh, in my pictures. Uh, it's kind of gone away from it. And I don't like, hey, I followed this. And that's the reason why my skin did this. I, I, I try to give what I took along the way. And hey, maybe this will work for you. But like I've had um, like, hey, how did you reduce the loose skin? I was like, well, I, I put a lot of vitamin E oil on my skin. I, I, I don't know if that helped. But I, I think it did. Um, and then I, I took collagen. I've, I've taken turmeric and a bunch of other supplements along the way. And I'm here. But can I say uh, scientifically that if I took this combination, it would get me here? I, I, I have no idea. I just 
I try to share as much as possible what worked for me. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, I'm not going to say, hey, do this and it's going to work because every body is different. I mean, I was 500 pounds. Some folks are 200, 300 pounds or four, you know, 400 pounds losing weight. The loose skin and, and how, what's going to happen is is different depending on where you go. I, I'm actually very shocked in that, that one of the, the cool things about being on this is that I undoubtedly probably use yours and one other account as as really big motivation of wow like this if he like i know that i'm like hey if i can do it you can do it but i need that too i need i need to see someone um overcome the impossible to keep myself motivated i'm not a self-motivating individual just as people say go to my instagram your instagram other instagrams and get inspiration uh, i need that too and yours is um one of mine that that i am like i can't believe that i mean there's some of them where i think you have the big mac uh on your stomach and then you look at where you're at now and i'm just like are you i remember showing my wife i was like Babe, and that's when I did a story this morning that I told her that I was going to get on the podcast. She goes, Gourmet? She goes, yeah, I like that guy. And I said, yeah, that, and I've showed her some pictures. And it's just, it's a, a source of, of motivation for me watching that. And it's just, I mean, you look at your skin. Your skin, in my opinion, has done phenomenal from where uh, your skin used to be, especially with... Um, you have the one picture where you've got the, the the Big Mac or whatever sitting on the stomach and to where you've shown some of your shirtless photos. And it's just like, I can't I can't believe that. Like that's that's remarkable. So it's um, it's cool that I'm able to share that. But uh, definitely want to convey that there are individuals, especially yourself, that keep me on the grind because it gets tough. <laughs> it gets real tough sometimes. Oh, it does. And I appreciate that a lot, man. I really, really do. because. We're in this, regardless of what weapons we're carrying with us, what tools we use, we're all in this, this battle together. Like, as you know, we fight, we fight our individual demons alone. You know, we fight our addictions alone. But if you don't find that community connection, like, I think it's easier than to fall off and to kind of get lost. And that's one of the things that's, I don't know if you've run into this or not, but one of the things that scares me sometimes when I see someone say, you know, Things are getting really stressful for me in my life offline, so I'm going to leave Instagram for a while. And immediately in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, don't don't leave. You know, don't post. It's okay to not post, but please stick around and watch other people still like know that other people are struggling, know that other people have challenges, because I know for me, like I had someone once say to me, so, you know, what would happen to you if Instagram went away today? And I, I honestly, like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question because I mean, I have all my real life connections and the real life people, you know, that I've met through Instagram, even that, you know, I'd stay in, in, in contact with and, and support me, but there's just such a wealth of real, like honest to goodness, low down, dirty motivation out there, like that you can find in other people's accounts. And even if it's someone that does something different, like some of my, some of my favorite people are people that didn't do what I did, but are still grinding every day. And I learn things from their experiences and I learn things from their consistency. And, and I find that, you know, the energy you can draw from those other people can be really sustainable and sustaining to you when, when you hit a rough point or you, you hit a mental block or you hit a challenge. And 
you you don't necessarily have to talk about it yourself if you're not that kind of person. You know, I'm a blabbermouth. I'll post that I'm having a bad day. I don't care. Um, but I know there are some people that tend to kind of retreat into themselves. But I think keeping your eyes on everyone else can still and and not from a place of I want to do exactly what that person's doing, but you know, that commonality and struggle is just something that that I think is really buoyant to us in, in these journeys and can be a light sometimes when things start to get dark. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I just I, I hope you know that I'm sure that you provide that. You know, I know you provide that for me, but you provide that for a lot of other people, man. Like you show people that, you know, no matter where they are. And, and I think especially knowing that, you know, you're at this point in your journey where you're not you're still grinding every day. But it's not you're grinding every day because you want to see the scale shift or see a move, a big move that way. But it's because you're you want to see yourself be a healthy, fit person, and and you've been able to make that a priority in your life, and that's that's respectable, man. That's something that I think people learn a lot from, and also, you know, you, you deserve some recognition for. Thank you, thank you for that. And I, a big part of it is um, really getting ready because um, you know my wife and I don't have kids, and we've wanted to have kids since day one. So part of our big story and the reason she's sharing on Instagram now is she's really trying to overcome uh, PCOS and a lot of the issues that she's experienced. And I've wanted to be a dad that, you know, when my kid saw me, he wasn't, uh, oh, yeah, like if other kids at school told uh, like, oh, wow, your dad's really big or your dad's this, your dad's that. I don't want to put my kids through that. So part of our journey and part of what keeps me going is I want to be the healthiest and fittest person for my kids. I want to be able to do things there. There's a video that I haven't shared yet, but I'm going to, but it's me playing with one of my nephews and I'm actually laying on the ground, turned to the side in this most uncomfortable way. And I'm like waggling my hand in front of him to like show, Hey, I'm willing to play with you. But I couldn't really do much with him. I just could lay on the ground and waggle my hand to say, Hey, I'm, I'm a cool person to hang out with or play with. And it's, uh, it's part of what keeps me grinded now is, um, not only getting ready for the potential of having kids and starting a family, um, but also it, it, uh, it's motivating a lot of the stories that have come from Instagram. And I, um, I was on Instagram before and I actually got off and I went dark, uh, before and that this was kind of in the middle of my journey and it was kind of a, cause it hasn't been all like, Hey, I figured everything out along the way. I've had an Instagram before and it was under uh, a similar but different name. I had a YouTube channel. Uh, I did all this stuff and I began to look at a lot of people experiencing success and I was upset because I wasn't there yet. So I stepped off and I went dark and I had to actually battle that mental side of, um, you know, I'm not uh, on Instagram because initially I went on Instagram for, hey, look what I've done. Look what I've done. Look what I've done. And because it was so vanity based, it fizzled and it faded so quickly that I ended up just jumping off and end up hurting myself. Um, you know, mentally, I, I wasn't able to process that, um, you know, I'm going to share my journey to encourage myself, but also try and help convey that it's possible to get out of that. So, you know, this go around and this time around, I think the reason why it stuck is that I first found a community of great people like you, like Foro. Um, you know, like Jar uh, John, Jarb's journey, uh, like a lot of these folks, I've been able to now see, hey, this is a community and this isn't a vanity based, hey, look at me, but this is, hey, I did it and you can too. And I, I feel like that's my, um, uh, not my price to pay, but it's like, it's what I owe um, 
it's what I owe mankind. It's what I owe the folks out there that if they can see somehow, some way that it can be done, that it is possible, that there is hope. Uh, it's almost like, um, it brings a relief. It brings kind of a sense of, uh, fulfillment that somebody else sees that it's possible and they can better themselves. And if I can provide that somehow, some way by sharing a photo or sharing an experience that I had, um, it, it's really changed and, and I can really see my mental health different now, um, you know, with this, this go around. So that that's really great to hear, man. And I, I think you're spot on there. And you actually started to talk about one of the things I wanted, you know, we've been talking for a while now. One of the things I, I did want to start to get into for you, you know, we've talked about, you know, kind of the, the role you have, you know, giving motivation to others and where your journey's been. And you talking about having, you know, going through now the challenges of trying to have, you know, come to having children and becoming parents with your wife. Uh, what comes next for Dusty? Like, what's what? What do you see are the next big challenges on your horizon? Challenges for me um, would be continuing to maintain uh, that. Uh, you know, starting a family, having kids, being able to balance having kids and doing all that encompasses with having kids, and also being able to you know live the the lifestyle and, and be consistent uh, for me. Um, but I think what's next, I'd like to, I, I, I don't have a foreseeable kind of date yet, but I'd like to, um, you know, get the skin surgery. That's, that's going to be a big step for me. Uh, I've got a consultation already and it's going to be a quite a, quite a bit, um, uh, after insurance, um, because of all that they have to do. So, you know, uh, having the skin surgery is going to be a big next step. Uh, I'd like to actually step onto the bodybuilding stage once and do a bodybuilding show to kind of show what my top weight was and what my stage weight would be and what the differences are. And um, I'd like to document my process of the beginning to me getting up to the stage and sharing, you know, what my shirtless photos looked like when I started and documenting that whole process. I've wanted to organize that and, and kind of shape that in a way that, that puts that on display in, in kind of a documentary or, or, or uh, a documented way of, getting ready for the stage, getting ready for skin surgery, showing what it's like to have the upside down T that I need for my stomach area and my chest lift, and then just kind of showing that whole process. So I think next step for me is, you know, starting a family, having, um, having kids, uh, maintaining this lifestyle in that, but also having the skin surgery and, um, you know, potentially stepping on stage and, and seeing what the, the future holds. I, I really, really enjoy this. Uh, I enjoy helping um, I enjoy motivating, but I know that I don't have the certifications. I don't have, I'm not a personal trainer or a health coach or anything like that. Uh, to do this full time would be really, really cool. But, um, you know, to, to kind of transition into that and to leave a job that I've been at for quite some time financially, I don't think it would work. So I, I'm kind of, I'm winging it in a sense. I'm kind of just taking it a step at a time and, and seeing what doors open, what doors close. Um, and, and see what's next. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the future, even though I don't know all that's going to come with it. Well, it's, it sounds like a smart approach, man, but also some really exciting opportunities are coming, going to be coming up for you that I have no doubt that when they're there, you're going to, you're going to run with them and be successful. So I'm just really excited to be able to follow along and, and see what comes next. And speaking of, you know, you helping other people, how, 
how can people best reach out to you and connect with you if you are you they they are inspired by hearing your story today on the show and they they want to talk or they have questions about your journey like what's the best way for people to track you down man yeah i'm usually available on instagram um i i've I've answered every, as of um, a couple hours ago, I, I think every DM that has come across, I've been able to answer and, and give a response to and, and talk with uh, folks and answer any questions that I have. So I'm pretty responsive on Instagram. Uh, if you're trying to reach out to cross any lines uh, in regards to uh, the opposite sex or anything like that, I, I just, I make it very clear that I am married and there are some that just get inappropriate from the get-go. So those are not responded to. So, uh, hey, if you're listening and you're inappropriate, I am not answering your uh, your DM. Um, and then I have companies that reach out that, that ask about products and stuff like that. And I, I'm very, um, I don't like, hey, all of a sudden I'm using this fit tea. Like, no, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not. What? So if there are companies that I would really say, hey, uh, this would really be something that I uh, would like. Let me try it first and then go from there. I'm really big on that. And a lot of companies don't like that. Like they, they want you to just, Hey, put up a post. And I'm like, no, like what? No. Like, do you understand this is a personal account? This isn't just some like business account where I'm pumping out stories. Like I'm sharing personal revealing in-depth stuff about myself. And, and I'm not just going to pop up with something that, that isn't me. So um, you know, folks that want to reach out to me, I will respond as much as I possibly can in the time that allows my full-time job. Um, but again, if you're, uh, either a sketchy individual or a sketchy company, um, the, the delete button will happen. <laughs> I am not, I'm not, no, 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 we're not, no, no, tin, no Tinder links, please. Thank you. <laughs> and what is your what is the actual address for your account what is your actual account like spelling of it so we get that for people yeah so on instagram it's dusty d-u-s-t-y underscore lost l-o-s-t underscore three zero zero l-b-s so dusty lost 300 pounds there you go that puts it right up there right up front for people man and i'll obviously put a link to that in our show notes but Dusty, I, I want to thank you for talking to me today. I, I feel like there's you you share a lot of, of your story, and I think it's a lot for people to learn about your approach to, to this journey you've been on. Is there? We're going to do the Fat Guy 5, which is our last five questions, but I would like to give you a chance. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you really want to get across to people today or anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask? Um. I think we covered a lot of information that, that yeah, th this has been fantastic and, and I'm grateful uh, to have the opportunity to share and for you to open up the, the Fat Guy Forum. I, uh, I know you've had a lot of great, great people on and so the, the chance to share has been remarkable. And, and I think a lot of my story I've been able to share on here and, and uh, put out on Instagram. Um, I, I guess biggest thing is I, I think it shows with myself with Gormy and a lot of folks that have been on this forum is that it is possible and that one day, one step at a time is what's going to get you there. And, um, I, I didn't put on my 534 pounds overnight. Uh, it took many failed attempts, many yo-yo diets. And so if I'm going to lose the weight or go the other way, there's going to be a lot of failed attempts and there's going to be a lot of things that I learn in losing weight. But as long as I stay consistent and stay on the grind, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. So anyone listening, it, it's going to work out one step in front of the other, one day at a time, um, you know, developing good, healthy principles. You're not just, hey, I've got a great number on the scale. You're taking care of yourself. You're taking care of the one body you have, the one heart you have, the one mind you have, the one this, the one that, that you have. And um, that, that's one of the biggest things that I, I would love for everyone to take away 
for my story is that it, it was um, less and less towards the end of my weight loss about the number on the scale. And it's become increasingly more and more about taking care of the things that I can't see, like my organs, like my heart, like my mind, like my mental health. And um, that's uh, that's huge. That's really, really huge for long term success for the rest of your life. So. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that for sure. We're going to do now what I call the Fat Guy Five. It's five questions that I ask every guest when we hit the end of the episode. And it's just going to give people a little glimpse into a little bit more of your story and, and some some information, last minute information from you to share with them. So are you ready for your five questions? Okay, here we go. I am ready, good sir. I'm ready. Here we go. Here we go. Question number one, thinking back to your days when you were 534 pounds and putting that weight on, what was your quintessential fat guy meal? Ooh, <laughs> oh, man. Um. The cheese. Oh, no, hold on. I've got a real this. This actually is pretty intense because I've got a few. Um, I would say the cheeseburger pizza from Papa John's with breadsticks and garlic sauce poured all over two two liters of soda and two chalupas from Taco Bell. That's pretty epic. And now you have me flashing back to that garlic sauce from Papa John's. <sighs> Man, I'm what? What's the macros in that? <laughs> I mean, that that stuff was clearly created in a mad scientist laboratory because there's there's probably isn't even garlic or butter in it, but it is it's just creamy yellow amazingness. So yeah, if, yeah, if it's we're, not we're, soaking we, through the cardboard box, it's not it's oh, not yeah. the true Papa John sauce. Oh yeah, we're not gonna we, we won't dwell on that too long because I feel like then I'm gonna get into trouble tonight if I keep thinking about it. <laughs> question number two. Question number two. Living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Ooh, living or dead favorite. So they're currently fat or they've lost weight? Any way you wanna answer it. Any way you wanna answer it. Um I would say living would be the um what do you guys call yourselves? The Fantastic Four? The Fantastic uh, Four. Are, the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four. Four. I would say you guys are the, the yeah, the, I, you're the ones. You're the ones. Because I, I listened to that episode and it was so, I, you got to hear four different people and there were four people that I'm interacting with on social media. So uh, I would say you four. Oh, their heads are swelling right now. I don't even want to say their names because they're swelling incredibly right now because I know they're listening. We're going to let you, we're going to move on from that because I just don't okay. know if I'm going to be able to, all I know is the DMs I'm going to get. They're going to be so, they're going to, there, you, you've made some people's weeks. I think that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Dusty. Yeah. Thank shout you. out to, uh, shout out to Fantastic Four. I see you guys. Okay. One day I'll meet each and every one of you and, uh, we'll have a fantastic, uh, meal somewhere and uh, it's going to be great. So shout out to you. There guys. you go. We'll make sure there's some mango involved because I know, I know Poro will like that as well. I'm sure he would. So. Question number three, uh, what, and, and you, I think you've shared a lot of, a lot of things along this line today, but I really would like to know, what is your number one tip to a, a dude that's out there listening that wants to make change in their life to the fat guy who's listening, who wants to make some change? What is your number one tip to them? Number one tip would be a plan for what you are going to get yourself into and ask yourself all the questions of what didn't work before and what's going to be different this time. So planning is huge. 
Uh, planning comes from tracking. Planning comes from meal planning. Planning comes from um, embracing how you're going to do this diet that you're going to get on long term. Planning is huge because if you plan ahead uh, or if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. I think is the, the the statement, and that just rings so true to to my journey and, and what I think is a really good tip. There we go. Number four: What podcast, book, YouTube channel, resource would you recommend to someone who's looking for motivation? Ooh, podcast, YouTube channel. Um, I would say uh, just someone recently that's really inspired me is Larry Wheels. He's a uh, powerlifter. And he's been um, really getting into uh, powerlifting with deadlifts and squats and setting PRs and personal records, all that stuff. So that's something just recently in the past couple of weeks that I've found that's coming immediately to my mind. Uh, he, he's providing a big inspiration because he's just an animal in the gym. And so it inspires me to just push even more while I'm in the gym. And question number five, Dusty, we've talked a lot about kind of like some of your fitness and, and weight loss goals and maintenance and what is one goal you have for the next year that is not related to fitness or health? One goal that is not related to fitness or health uh, for my wife and I to uh, be pregnant or uh, not me pregnant um, for my wife to be pregnant or for us to be in the process of starting. a family. There we go, man. I, I, I love that. And, you know, prayer sent for that to happen for sure. So Dusty, Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. We're recording on a Saturday afternoon, y'all, just so you know that. And Dusty took time of his, you know, his weekend to spend some time with you. So please go over to his account. That's Dusty underscore lost underscore 300 pounds, 300 LBS over on Instagram. Connect with him. Drop him a DM. Be genuine and don't be don't be trolling around because he's going to sniff you out if, if you are. <laughs> but Dusty, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for this. And uh, I, I appreciate you and the Fat Guy Forum and everything that you've been able to open up and provide. Uh, this was an amazing, amazing podcast. Uh, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I just, I really want to say thank you. Of course, man. You're very, very welcome. So everyone, this is your host, Gourmet. This has been another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. I want to, of course, remind you, you can connect with me on Instagram at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. And you can also email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. As always, I'm going to remind you, go out and do something to amaze yourself today, whatever day of the week it is you're listening to this, because you're a bunch of amazing people, especially if you're listening to the Fat Guy Forum. So take care of yourselves, and we will see you next time. <music>